Keep the Torah, podcast number five. Welcome back to Keep the Torah podcast, a periodic sharing of Elohim's truth, though it be buried under layers of man-made religious doctrine. We appreciate you sticking around, though our cast be few and far in between, as we figure it out. Perhaps I may release smaller episodes from this point forward to keep the cast fresh, but thanks be to the Master we can get anything to you at all. We hope you enjoy the content and are challenged by what you hear. The Torah, or Law of Elohim, is no longer being taught in religious centers today, but being rejected at great lengths. Though Messiah himself said, If you wish to enter into life, guard those commands, in Matthew 19.17. Because of the word of Elohim being abolished in the synagogues of our day, we must make them known in other ways, regardless what has become tasty frosting of salvation without a covenant of obedience. The Master has given me a set list of abilities I plan to use for the pursuit of truth and sharing to others whatever truth may be revealed to me. You can count on many of the topics in our KTT podcast being controversial, otherwise there would be little reason to venture out of the great city of Orthodox into the wilderness truths of Scripture. Only those who have or are on their way to repentance of breaking the Torah or law of Elohim God will most likely have an interest in our podcasts. A time is coming when they will no longer hear the truth. Perhaps that time is already here. 2 Timothy 4, 2-5 Proclaim the word. Be urgent in season, out of season. Convict, warn, appeal with all patience and teaching. 3. For there shall be a time when they shall not bear sound teaching, but according to their own desires they shall heap up for themselves teachers tickling the ear. 4. And they shall indeed turn their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to myths. 5. But you be sober in all matters, suffer hardships, do the work of an evangelist, accomplish your service completely. If you are someone who is challenged by what the church taught you, and you believe it to be in error, don't be afraid to leave. I myself am witness to this, that the Master showed me many things after leaving the modern-day church, truths I never could have received within the brotherly confines of Orthodox. Fear not, for the Master knows who is seeking Him, and He will not abandon you unless you turn away from Him. Abraham turned away from the idolatry of his own family, recorded in the book of Yashar, or Jasher, even faced Nimrod and his fiery furnace without blemish, like that of Daniel years later, for rejecting Orthodox to follow the true Elohim. Fellow soldier for Elohim, be encouraged to do his will and be freed from the religious deception of man.
Is the Trinity Doctrine Authentic? By J.J.D. Peterson. As a Christian for 30 years, I had no reason to disbelieve the Trinity. I even led ex-Jehovah Witnesses to the Trinity Doctrine myself just prior to my conversion to repentance of the Torah through Messiah. I had believed so firmly that Messiah had existed from the beginning and came to us in the form of a human being. As I have been convinced otherwise, with what appear facts, I am humbled that I could have followed so blindly a belief that now seems so contrived. This document is by no means pretty, complete, organized, or even remotely close to being finished. But I do hope you will find this draft at least a little challenging. The Fractures in the Doctrine While I was never open to consider that the Trinity belief may have some issues in the scriptures, and while researching if Christianity is connected to the apostles of Messiah, I stumbled across a few documents which challenged the Trinity taught to me at church. The few documents I found revealing a non-Trinity Eloah, the singular God, was in 1. Arianism Wikipedia The non-Trinity belief of the early believers. Arianism is a non-Trinitarian Christological doctrine which asserts the belief that Jesus Christ, or Yahushua Messiah, is the Son of God who was begotten by God the Father at a point in time, a creature distinct from the Father and is therefore subordinate to Him, but the Son is also God, i.e. God the Son. Arian teachings were first attributed to Arius, see A.D. 256-336, a Christian presbyter in Alexandria of Egypt. The teachings of Arius and his supporters were opposed to the theological views held by Homoousian Christians regarding the nature of the Trinity and the nature of Christ. The Arian concept of Christ is based on the belief that the Son of God did not always exist, but was begotten within time by God the Father. Arianism, Wikipedia. Number two, the Ebionite Jewish sect denied the virgin birth. Wikipedia, Ebionites. Led by Yaakob, or James the Just, brother of Messiah, a group not subscribing to the virgin birth. References to Yaakob being as such are also referenced in Arianism. Wikipedia. Number three, Gospel of the Nazarenes. Wikipedia, which was one of the variant names used for the book of Matthew 
before it was anonymously translated to Greek. This document also reveals many changes to the gospel we have today which were not in the original Hebrew language. According to the Gospel of the Nazarenes on Wikipedia, the original Gospel of Matthew wasn't written in Greek, neither is the translator known according to Jerome, and neither did it have the name we know it by today. It is either one of these various names, Gospel of the Nazarenes, Gospel of the Hebrews, or Gospel of the Ebionites. Also in the wiki article, there are many changes or inconsistencies with the original compared to the Gospel of Matthew that we have today. Of those variances, I will now list. The following list represents variant readings found in the Gospel of the Nazarenes against the canonical Gospel of Matthew, where Ehrman's order corresponds to the Schnemelcher numbering, GN2, etc., is added for clarity. Notes. Though most of the following list does not apply to Trinity Doctrine, I've added them for your benefit so as to see how very different the original is from the canon we have today of Matthew. Now, because of the differences doesn't mean they didn't happen, or did, but that we should simply consider if everything added or changed is true, since there are changes. Please note the references begin in Matthew chapter 3, not chapter 1 or 2. I, re- I read someplace that nearly the entire two chapters were not in the original, though a citation is needed to confirm this. GN2, or Gospel of the Nazarenes, index number 2. In Matthew 3 it reads, Behold, the mother of the Lord and his brethren said to him, John the Baptist is baptizing unto the remission of sins. Let us go and be baptized by him. But he said to them, Wherein have I sinned that I should go and be baptized by him? Unless what I have just said is a sin of ignorance. From Jerome against Pelagius 3.2 GN number 3 Matthew 4 verse 5 has not into the holy city, but to Jerusalem. GN4 Matthew 5.22 lacks the phrase, without a cause, as in 67b2174, some Vulgate manuscripts GN5, Matthew 6.11 reads, Give us today our bread for tomorrow. Jerome, commentary on Matthew 6.11. GN6, Matthew 7.23 adds, If ye be in my bosom, but do not the will of my Father in heaven, 
out of my bosom I will cast you. Compare with non-canonical 2 Clement 2.15. GN7, Matthew 10.16 has wise more than serpents rather than wise as serpents. GN23, on Matthew 10, 34-36, the Syriac translation of Eusebius, Theophania, contains, He, Christ, himself taught the reason for the separations of souls that take place in houses, as we have found somewhere in the gospel that is spread abroad among the Jews in the Hebrew tongue in which it is said, I choose for myself the most worthy, the most worthy are those whom my Father in heaven has given me. Eusebius, Theophania, Syriac Translation, 4.12 GN8, Matthew 11.12 reads, is plundered instead of suffers violence. GN9, Matthew 11.25 has, I thank thee, rather than I praise you. GN10, at Matthew 12:10-13, the man who had the withered hand is described as a mason who pleaded for help in the following words: I was a mason seeking a livelihood with my hands. I beseech thee, Jesus, to restore me to my health, that I may not in shame have to beg for my food. Jerome commentary on Matthew 12:13 GN11 Matthew 12:40 omits 3 days and 3 nights immediately preceding in the heart of the earth GN12 Matthew 15:5 reads It is a corban offering by which ye may be profited by me. Compare Mark 7.11 GN 13 Matthew 16 2 B to verse 3 omitted as in some references here I wrote down but you won't be able to understand through the audio skip to the next GN 14 Matthew 16 17 has Hebrew Shimon Ben Yochanan Simon son of John instead of Aramaic Simon Bar Jonah Simon son of Jonah GN 15. At Matthew 18:21 to 22, Jesus is recorded 
as having said, If your brother has sinned by word and has made thee reparations, receive him seven times in a day. Simon his disciple said to him, Seven times in a day? The Lord answered, saying to him, Yeah, I say unto thee, until seventy times seven times. For in the prophets also, after they were anointed with the Holy Spirit, a word of sin was found. Jerome against Pelagius 3.2 or Pelagius. It's the correct way of saying it. GN 16 at Matthew 19, 16 to 24. Origen, in his commentary on Matthew, records there having been two rich men who approached Jesus along the way. Origen records that the second rich man asked Jesus, Rabbi, what good thing can I do that I may live? He, Jesus, said to him, Man, fulfill the law and the prophets. He answered him, I have done so. Jesus said, Go, sell all that you have, and distribute to the poor, and come follow me. But the rich man began to fidget, some copies read, began to scratch his head, for it did not please him. And the Lord said to him, How can you say, I have fulfilled the law and the prophets, when it is written in the law, You shall love your neighbor as yourself, and many of your brothers, sons of Abraham, are covered with filth, dying of hunger, and your house is full of many good things, none of which goes out to them. And he, Jesus, turned and said to Simon his disciple, who was sitting by him, Simon, son of John, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Origen, Commentary on Matthew 19, 16 to 30. GN 17. At Matthew 21, 12, Jerome records, For a certain fiery and starry light shone from his eyes, and the majesty of the Godhead gleamed in his face. Also, there is quoted in a marginal note of a 13th century manuscript of the Aurora by Peter of Rija, the following, Rays issued forth from his eyes, which terrified them and put them to flight. Well, it's now 15 minutes into our, into our, into our keeping the Torah in our, in our lessons. We will take a short break and come back.
And I'll have a bowl of your clam chowder. Thank you, sir. So as I was saying, Bob, what you and I believe about God is different, but that's okay. How so? Well, what you believe about God is true for you, and what I believe is true for me. Here you go, sir. Thank you. They can't both be true. Oh, sure they can. It's all about belief. Wait a minute. This isn't clam chowder. It's a bowl of water. That's okay. Why don't you just believe it's clam chowder? Because it's not. Oh, I believe I can smell clam. This is a bowl of tap water. You said that belief is all that matters when it comes to God. If that logic applies to something as important as God, it, it should work on your soup. Regardless of what I believe, this is still going to be a bowl of water. Frank, God is as real as that bowl of water. So we have to discover who God really is. We can't just believe what we want to believe about him. Fine. God is God, but this is not soup. Yeah, it's for washing your hands in after you eat your order of ribs. Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. Well, we're back to our segment, Is the Trinity Doctrine Authentic? And we're just reading through the changes, the differences between the original Gospel of the Nazarenes compared to the Gospel of Matthew that we have today. GN 18, Matthew 23:35 reads, Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, instead of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah. Jerome, commentary on Matthew 23, 35. GN 19, Matthew 26, 74 has, And he denied, and he swore. Example, took an oath. And he cursed. Example, forswore. GN 21, Matthew 27:51 states not that the veil of the temple was rent, but that the lintel of the temple of wondrous size collapsed. Jerome, letter to Hedibia, 120.8. GN 22, Matthew 27, 65 reads, And he, Pilate, delivered to them the chief priests and the Pharisees, armed men, that they might sit over against the tomb and guard it day and night. GN 4, 6, 15a, 19, 22 come from the Zion Gospel Edition the subscriptions of 36 gospel manuscripts dating from the 9th to the 13th centuries. GN 24 to 36, not listed, are derived from medieval sources. On to our next item in the Is the Trinity Doctrine Authentic? Number 4. The Johannine Comma of 1 John 5 6 to 8. Wikipedia, Johannine, comma. 
exposes that most of verse 7 of 1 John 5, 6-8 is a gloss note added in error and not scriptural. In heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, verse 8, and there are three that bear witness in earth, end quote, was added, and the KJV to this day still remains corrupt. In the Johannine comma mentioned above, I was also able to compare findings against the Armenians' East Orthodox Bible under section 5, verse 6 through 8, which using Google Translate gives me the following English. 6. This is he that came by water and by the Spirit and Jesus Christ, not only with water, but also with bleeding and water. 7. It is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. 8. These three signify the Spirit, the water, and the blood together, and three are one in the testimony. Why would the Armenian Orthodox translation be of any concern? According to Wikipedia on the Armenian Apostolic Church, the Armenian Bible came to be translated in the 5th century by St. Mesrope Mashtots. Earlier translations help us understand more on where the changes came to be made to scriptures. Next section. 5. Felony Forgery of 1 Timothy 3.16 Based on the evidence presented here at biblebookprofiler.com slash the forgery of 1 Timothy it's absolute forgery what was done to 1 Timothy 3.16 1 Timothy 3.16 from the KJV and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory 1 Timothy 3.16 in the Berean interlinear Bible and confessedly great is the of godliness mystery who was revealed in the flesh was justified in the spirit was seen by angels was proclaimed among the nations was believed on in the world was taken up glory or in glory as you can see or, or hear from the Burian Interlinear Bible, B-I-B, from above, that the Greek is used which means who. However, in the KJV and many others, Theos, or God, was put in its place. Sir Isaac Newton, 
the famous mathematician contended in his book titled An Historical Account of Two Notable Corruptions of Scripture that both 1 Timothy 3.16 and 1 John 5.6-8 are not based on original Greek manuscripts. Newton contends that the original Greek was or, which, changed to who, and then to God. See page 230 and page 232, Chrysostom. I am satisfied that he read or, page 234, Nestorius, page 237, John Cassian, and pages 252 to 253. It is more reasonable to lay the fault on the Greeks. In the Greek, the sense was obscure, and the versions clear. An historical account of two notable corruptions of Scripture, Wikipedia. In the Web, or World English Bible, there's a note on 1 Timothy 3.16 which says, 3.16, N-U replaces God with who, which would explain why ABP, interlinear, and other translations have Theos God or Theos in place of which, or at best, who. I don't know much about the NU authority at this time, but if time permits, I would think it wise to research what other scriptures they have modified. As with some of the points made, as with some of the points made at the link above, does the verse itself make any sense if God were the correct word? Again, 1 Timothy 3.16, KJV. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The scriptures say that the word, or Torah, became flesh, John 1.14. Not God. How is God justified by the Spirit? Isn't God already perfect? Who justifies God? Romans 3.30 Since it is one Elohim, God, who shall declare right the circumcised by belief, and the uncircumcised through belief, have angels seen God? It says no man has seen God in John 1.18 and 1 John 4.12, received up into glory. If God is God, why would he need to be received? Our next section, number six, praise to the Father, not himself. Matthew 6.6 6 and 9, Luke 11.2, But you, when you pray... Go into your room, and having shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. If Messiah is Elohim God, why did he command the disciples to pray to the Father instead of himself? Matthew 26.53 
Or do you think that I am not able to pray to my Father now, and he shall provide me with more than twelve legions of messengers? Surely if Messiah were Elohim, then he wouldn't need to pray to the Father for the twelve legions of messengers or angels. John 14:16 And I shall ask the Father, and he shall give you another helper to stay with you forever. John 16:26 In that day you shall ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father on your behalf. Number 7 Messiah does not know the time of the end. In Matthew 24:36 but concerning that day and the hour, no one knows, not even the messengers of the heavens, but my Father only. Why, if Messiah is Elohim, does Elohim not know the time of the end? Number eight, if Messiah can be called Elohim, God, then Catholics would be correct for worshiping Mary. Because if Messiah is truly Elohim God, that would mean that Elohim has a mother. If Elohim has a mother, then Elohim can no longer be Elohim because having a mother indicates that he was not first and last as scriptures say. Revelation 22.13 I am the Aleph and the Ta, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. To then suppose that Mary is the mother of Elohim God would then endorse the Queen of Heaven worship that was forbidden by Elohim. Jeremiah 7.18 the children are gathering wood, the fathers are lighting the fire, and the women are kneading their dough to make cakes for the sovereignness, or queen, of the heavens, and to pour out drink offerings to other mighty ones to provoke me. The Trinity Doctrine promotes idolatry. Exodus 20, 3-6 and raises more divisions than answers. Number 9. Messiah had to be likened to his brothers in every way. Hebrews 2.14-18 Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself similarly shared in the same so that by means of his death he might destroy him having the power of death, that is, the devil. 15. And deliver those who throughout life were held in slavery by fear of death. 16. For doubtless he does not take hold of messengers, but he does take hold of the seed of Abraham. 17. So in every way, he had to be made like his brothers in order to become a compassionate and trustworthy high priest in matters relating to Elohim. 
to make atonement for the sins of the people. 18. For in what he had suffered, himself being tried, he is able to help those who are tried. Deuteronomy 18.15-19 Yahuwah, your Elohim, shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brothers. Listen to him. 16. According to all you asked of Yahuwah, your Elohim, in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of Yahuwah, my Elohim, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. 17. And Yahuwah said to me, What they have spoken is good. 18. I shall raise up for them a prophet like you out of the midst of their brothers, and I shall put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. 19. And it shall be, the man who does not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I require it of him. Well, perhaps we should take another break. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and give you peace. Enjoy the Sunday afternoon. You're dismissed. Wasn't that a great sermon? Yeah, come on, let's go. No, there's the Johnsons. Let's see how they're doing. No, 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 let's go. Why? Are we doing something this afternoon? I just want to hear a sermon and go home. If we hang around here too long, then somebody might ask us to do something. Is that so bad? I don't want to spend all day at church. I came, I listened, I sang. Now, come on, let's go. Dear, we are part of this body of believers. We should be doing something. Can't we be a part of the body, but not a functioning part of the body? You mean like dandruff? Yeah, no, no! Look, I just want to ask John if he found a job yet. John's out of work? Yeah, the last four months. He told me at the men's breakfast last week. How's Sarah taking it? I'm not sure. Oh, I should talk to her. I thought we just wanted to go home. How can you think of bolting out of here when people need to be encouraged? I didn't... Sometimes you just don't think. Me? Oh, shush. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. Oh, we're back to our our um, argument. Is the Trinity doctrine authentic? We're now into section number 10. Is Elohim God tempted? Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tried or tempted in all respects as we are apart from sin. Matthew 4, 1-4 Then Yahushua, the Messiah, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tried, or tempted, by the devil. Is Elohim led by the Spirit? Is the Spirit above Elohim? Matthew 4, 2 And after having fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. Does Elohim get hungry? Numbers 23, 19 El is not a man to lie, nor a son of man to repent. Has he said, and would he not do it? 
or spoken and would not confirm it? Matthew 4, 3 And the trier came and said to him, If you are the son of Elohim, command that these stones become bread. Matthew 4, 4 But he answering said, It has been written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahuwah. John 7.16 Yahusha, Messiah, his real name, answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Does Elohim stay alive by his own words? James 1.13 Let no one say when he is enticed, I am enticed by Elohim. For Elohim is not enticed, or tempted, by evil matters, and he tempts no one. If Elohim is not enticed, or tempted, by evil matters, then what sort of test would this be to Elohim, being he can't be tempted? And what would the devil be doing tempting Elohim? When the Passover lamb lambs were chosen to be sacrificed, it had to be spotless. Exodus 12:5 Let the lamb be a perfect one, a year old, male. Take it from the sheep or from the goats. If there was no way for a lamb to be blemished, then why would a command of spotless be given? Speaking as a man, as a man, if the lamb could have spots or blemishes, then so could have Messiah chosen to transgress the Torah or commands of Elohim. But he was faithful unto death. He was tried and proven, but did not sin. 1 Peter 1, 19-20 But with the precious blood of Messiah, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless. Number 11. Foreknown but manifest in last times. 1 Peter 1.20 Foreknown, indeed, before the foundation of the world, but manifested, or fulfilled, of prophecy, in these last times for your sakes. Number 12. Can Elohim, God, die? Mark 15, 34-35 And at the ninth hour, Yahusha, Messiah, cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which is translated, My El, my El, why have you forsaken me? Thirty-five, And some of those standing by, when they heard it, said, See, he is calling for Eliahu. It appears here that Messiah died as a man, being forsaken by the Father. If Elohim can die, then who exactly will raise Elohim from the dead, 
And if Elohim can die, then how can he be Elohim? Number 13. How different John 1, 1 to 5 read in 1560 AD. We're talking about the year 1560 AD. John 1, 1 through 5 from the Geneva Bible. In the beginning was that word, and that word was with God, and that word was God too. This same was in the beginning with God. 3. All things were made by it, and without it was made nothing that was made. 4. In it was life, and that life was the light of men. 5. And that light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Other translations like Great, Bishops, Matthew, and Tyndale confirm the same, referring to the word as it, rather than a personification as he. Number 14. Wisdom and Torah were personified. Proverbs 8.22-36 Yahuwah possessed me, Yahuwah is the Father, possessed me, the beginning of his way, <clears throat> excuse me, as the first of his works of old. 23. I was set up ages ago at the first, before the earth, earth ever was. 24. When there was no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs heavy with water. 25. Before mountains were sunk, before the hills, I was brought forth. 26. Before he had made the earth and the fields, or the first dust of the world. 27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep. 28. When he set the clouds above, when he made the fountains of the deep strong. 29. When he gave to the sea its law, so that the waters would not transgress his mouth. When he inscribed the foundations of the earth. 30. Then I was beside him a master workman, and I was his delight, day by day rejoicing before him all the time. 31. Rejoicing in the world, his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. 32. And now, listen to me, you children, for blessed are they who guard my ways. 33. Listen to discipline and become wise, and do not refuse it. 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. 35. For whoever finds me shall find life, and obtain favor from Yahuwah. 36. But he who sins against me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Proverbs 13.14 The Torah of the wise is a fountain of life, turning one away from the snares of death. You may notice that my and he in Proverbs 8 is personification of wisdom or the Torah of Elohim. 
Proverbs 3, 13 to 16, Blessed is the man who has found wisdom, and the man who gets understanding. 14. For the gain from it is better than gain from silver, and its increase than fine gold. 15. She is more precious than rubies, and all your delights are not comparable to her. 16. Length of days is in her right hand, riches and esteem in her left hand. 15. Number 15. We are all Elohim. John 10.34. Yahushua Messiah answered them, Is it not written in your own Torah, I said, You are Elohim? From Psalms 82.6. I said, You are Elohim and all of you are sons of the Most High. But as men you die, and fall as one of the heads. 8. Arise, O Elohim, judge the earth, for you shall possess all the nations. To make the Messiah as Elohim, when he is a son, as we are also sons, if we obey the Father's commandments, is suggesting that we are not sons ourselves. Galatians 3.26-27 For you are all sons of Elohim through belief in Messiah Yahusha. 27 For as many of you as were immersed into Messiah have put on Messiah. Number 16 possible explanation for the Matthew chapter 1 account of the virgin birth narrative. Recently I had the blessing of witnessing to some modern day Jews who reject the Messiah for many reasons, but the main reason they reject Messiah is that they claim that Messiah is not of the line of Yehuda, of the line of David. However, in Matthew 1, 1 1-17, though it seems not present in the original Hebrew of Matthew, the genealogy of Messiah seems biblical and as well through the line of Dawid or David. Where the hang-up seems to be is over the virgin birth, which I believe was added. If Yosef or Joseph is not the physical father of Messiah, then he's not of the tribe of Yehuda or Judah, nor of the house of Dawid, as the scriptures prophesy. Genesis 49, 8-12 You, Yehuda, your brothers praise you. Your hand is on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children bow down before you. 9. Yehuda is a lion's cub. From the prey you have gone up, my son. He bowed down, he crouched like a lion, and like a lion he does rouse him. 10. The scepter shall not turn aside from Yehuda, nor an inscriber from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him is the obedience of peoples. 11. Binding his donkey to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine, and his robes 
in the blood of grapes. 12. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. Quoting from a Jew who rejects Messiah, they write Jesus with a J-S. J.S. didn't have this genealogy. He didn't have a birth father from the tribe of Judah in the line from King David to Solomon nor Jeconiah. He had a virgin birth according to Matthew and Luke. And even if he didn't have a virgin birth, neither genealogy in Matthew 1 or Luke 3 can produce a king to be the Messiah. In Luke 3, the genealogy doesn't go through Solomon as required, and in Matthew 1, the genealogy is rejected because it goes through Jeconiah. 2 Samuel 7, 12 to 14, 1 Chronicles 17, 11 through 14, 22, 9 through 10, chapter 28, 4 through 6, Jeremiah 22, 30, and Jeremiah 36, 30. Quoting from another Jew who also rejects the Messiah, the Messiah must be from the tribe of Judah and a descendant of King David and King Solomon, not Jeconiah, through his human biological father. Genesis 49.10, 2 Samuel 7.12-14, 1 Chronicles 17.11-14, and also chapter 22, 9-10. Chapter 28, 4-6, Jeremiah 23.5, Jeremiah 33.17, Jeremiah 22.30, Chapter 36.30, Psalms 89, 35-37. Genealogy in the Bible is only passed down from father to son, Numbers 1, 1-18. So the above quotes from the Jews have a valid point regarding Jeconiah, because he was rejected in Jeremiah 22, 24-30. As well, he would be childless. However, in Deuteronomy 3, 17-18, there are seven sons listed down. In 2 Kings 25, 27-28, Merodach, sovereign of Babel, released Jehoiakim, or Jeconiah, and spoke kindly of him. Jeremiah 22, 24 to 30, said he wouldn't prosper nor have sons, but these events don't come to pass. In Haggai 2.23, Elohim declares Zerubbabel, a servant, as a signet. This leaves a person assuming that Jehoiakim, or Jeconiah, repented while he was in exile, and the curse lifted. Zechariah 4.6-10 confirms this as well. Quote, I accepted the repentance of Jeconiah. Shall I not accept your repentance? End quote. That was from Pesikta de Rahab Kahan of the 5th century. So the Matthew 1 genealogy can be used as the virgin birth doctrine gets removed. I believe that the virgin birth account following the genealogy in Matthew 1 was added because of the Jeconiah case, thereby reverting one to go against the grain by using the genealogy of Miriam. 
Conclusion. That's all I have for the moment. As research progresses, we find more values to consider and to thoroughly make sense of. We know that the ways of the Master are clean and simple. While I believe that the original scriptures were inspired by Elohim, I don't trust some scriptures that are well documented to be added. If a, if a messenger brought you a report from a trustable source and then immediately pulled out a pen to cross off and add sections right before your eyes, would you still believe the document to be authentic? May we also consider that almost 2,000 years have passed since the apostles and the word of Elohim indeed needs verifying. Today, today there are countless atheists who will not subscribe to Christianity. Many Jews and many Muslims, why would they subscribe to a religion that seems more pagan than true? Surely a reasonable person would want a truth that is verifiable makes sense and doesn't conflict with other parts of scripture. I believe if we get the facts right, more people would turn to Elohim's commands through Messiah's atonement at the stake. May we turn to Elohim with a whole heart and give our utmost attention to studying for facts rather than a hybrid religion of fairy tales. Finis. Okay, jury members, we need to come to a conclusion on this case. He's guilty. There were ten witnesses who saw him. I agree. Anyone think he's not guilty? I think he's not guilty. His brother said he was with him 300 miles away. I agree. I thought you agreed he was guilty. I did. I don't limit myself to only one truth. I believe there are many truths. Do you believe the testimony of the ten witnesses? Yes. And you believe the brother's testimony? Yes. Well, how is it possible for a person to be in a bank and yet 300 miles away at the same time? I don't know, but we need to respect the beliefs and testimonies of all the witnesses. In other words, you don't really want to think this through? Many people believe that all religions lead to heaven, yet Jesus claimed that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Since these claims contradict each other, have you examined the evidence and decided which is the truth? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at Lifeline Pro. Com.
I am repenting of my wrong interpretation of the second commandment. You can also find this on Facebook and also on keepthetorah.blogspot.com. I am truly sorry for teaching that images were idolatry themselves. Many of you know that I had believed that using or creating images of creation in heaven, in earth, or in the waters under the earth was committing idolatry against the Master's commandments. Exodus 20, verse 4 through 6. Most of you who disagreed with me also disagreed with me that eating pig and shrimp was a sin also, though Leviticus 11 tells us directly not to eat them. You also fought against me with your Sunday worship, replacing the Sabbath commandment in Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11, of which still remains a command that most Christians still violate to this day. I really wasn't surprised you would refuse my now realizing a false interpretation of the image idolatry because you were still justifying yourself to disobey the commandments anyhow. However, wrong is wrong on my part and I apologize for interpreting the scriptures wrongly here in Exodus 20 verse 4 through 6. My work is cut out to track down everyone I led ignorantly in error with images equaling idolatry. I've come to change my viewpoint on what idolatry is, not as if I suddenly needed images in my life, as you all know. I, I had followed the commandment to the T by destroying my license, passport, naturalization process, and the use of money because of its picture idolatry. I'm not alone as my wife was witness to these things and tried for remaining in submission to those decisions. Elohim God provided for us during those times and never abandoned us, though I had taken his second word to the extreme. I had no guilt to do so, for I had lived a rebel against him my whole life, and when I repented, I expected to think completely different, as was the mind of Messiah the obedient one from Elohim. Exodus 20, verses 4 through 6, You do not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of that which is in the heavens above or which is in the earth beneath or which is in the waters under the earth. 5. You do not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, Yahuwah, your Elohim, am a jealous El, visiting the crookedness of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. 6. But showing loving commitment to thousands, to those who love me and guard my commands. I used to believe that the word in John 1, 1 through 5, was Messiah. Thus I would debate with Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses that Messiah was with Elohim since the beginning, because I believed it. 
I taught it and defended it. 1 John 2.7 even refers to the word as the command, not Messiah. But after studying intently for the truth, looking through the pages of history and older Bibles, I've been shown a truer true and now teach people opposite what I did while in ignorance. I used to believe that it was okay for a man or a woman to divorce each other because of cheating or unfaithfulness because that's what the Christian church taught at the pulpit. But then I discovered Exodus 22:16, which says, When a man goes into a virgin, she becomes his wife. And seeing how Jacob, or Jacob, kept Leah as wife after going into her by accident, thinking it was Rachel, in addition to engaging to Rachel, I became aware that divorce is not allowed because of cheating. Only if the wife was not a virgin or another man's wife to begin with. Deuteronomy 24, 1-4, Romans 7, 2-3. I used to believe once saved, always saved, and that Messiah will pay for our past, present, and future sins. But then read Hebrews 6, 4-6, which says, If a person falls away after knowing and tasting the truth of Elohim, it is impossible for them to return again, putting Messiah to an open shame. What about in Matthew 24:13, where Messiah says, Whoever endures to the end will be saved. I also read that Solomon died an inglorious death, meaning he had fallen away from the commandments to serve the mighty ones of his wives. Not so glorious. Looks like the wise teacher himself lost his inheritance by disobedience. See Antiquities of the Jews by Flavius Josephus. What about all those led out of slavery by Elohim from Mitzrayim, Egypt? Yet only two of them made it into the promised land because of faithfulness? Really? Where's their eternal security? Hebrews 3.16-19 I used to believe that the commandments were abolished because of Messiah. Then I read Matthew 5.17-20, Luke 13.3, Hebrews 10.26-27, 1 John 2.3-7, Matthew 7.21-23, Romans 2.13, Revelation 14.12, and many others that you should check out also, and was convinced we were lied to by Christianity. It was also taught that Sabbath worship every seventh day according to the commandment in Exodus 20, 8-11 was replaced by Messiah. However, Matthew 5, 17-20 
he says, I did not come to destroy the Torah, but to do it or make it complete. Hebrews 4.9 says, So there remains a Sabbath keeping. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of Elohim. Matthew 4.4 Every command is important and to be studied carefully, not abolished. Keeping Sabbath on the seventh day started from creation, Genesis 2, 2-3, and reminded of the Israelites in Exodus 20, 8-11. I used to teach against this in error as a Christian, but then repented when I saw the evidence stacked up against those ungrounded claims of the Christians. And many others not listed was I wrong about. So to be wrong about things can happen, as the Bible is peppered against for 2,000 years by all kinds of philosophies contrary to sound or complete doctrine. However, as long as we strive to be correct with what we know and keep studying to find the truth, why would Elohim hold our love for His Word against us? though we may ignorantly get it wrong. It's only wrong when we reject what we know it says and rebel against the commandments willfully. Hebrews 10:26, of which there is no forgiveness for. It is written that if we know to do good and don't do it, to us it is sin. James 4:17. The elements that change my belief on idolatry. The lead up. How will I get home to the United States to take care of my parents as per the commandments to honor them? How can we use maps of the earth if we cannot map it for travel? How can we avoid it in necessary drawings like, say, water in a cistern? Am I taking it too far? How will I use a Learn Another Language app on the tablets and phones if they use drawings of flowers to teach the correct name? Will I have to ask someone to show me without images? How can people who have a license be willfully committing idolatry when they are just doing what was required so they could put bread on their table? Did they pray to their license when the image was taken? How can I pay back people who have helped me without money? Is owing worse than avoiding currency with images? Money with images. These are just a few things, but the most important was honoring my parents and how will I do it without money, passport, and airplanes or sea travel? I knew that Elohim could deliver me with all these limitations as he delivered Daniel and Abraham from fiery furnaces. See book of Yasher, Jasher. But when I read a Clark's commentary documenting 
all the accounts of idolatry using images, even one of those accounts were treating those images as their god of hope, power, and deliverance. I've never made an image my god or my hope, and certainly never bowed to wood and stone carvings of men as if it could deliver me from anything. For I know he's up there and I'm here, and why would a living being bow to a dead piece of wood or rock in the first place? Is not the living being far superior to what it's praying to? That seems like utter mockery in the sight of Elohim. I read through Exodus 20, 4-6 again, and noticed it said, Make unto thee, as if to make the image for one's self to worship. If the images themselves were idolatry, then it would have read something like this. You do not make a carved image or any likeness of that which is in the heavens above or which is in the earth beneath or which is in the waters under the earth. However, that's not what it says. It says for yourself, as in to make an idol. As well, I checked the East Orthodox Armenian Bible from the 4th century to see how it was written in and got the following. Thou shalt not make unto thee idols above, in heaven, neither in the earth beneath, nor in the deep waters of the earth. 5. Thou shalt not worship them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, a jealous God. I punish the children for the sins of the fathers, even the third and fourth generation of the people who hate me. 6. And the, and the merciful of the thousands who love me and keep my command. That came from ArmenianChurchLibrary.com and then translated with Google Translate. I also wondered how an image is idolatry if no one is worshipping it. I also see in people's rooms ceramic idols of which are propped up in a shrine-like fashion which appears to be idolatry and much different than drawing a cartoon or getting a license to drive. However, if we would make an image to worship it, pray to it, and so forth, then it has become an idol and should be destroyed for the sake of the idolater or idolater. We'll take a short break as we're into 15 minutes. Dry, my 
back to our uh, segment on um, my repenting of a wrong interpretation of the second commandment. I'd like to read to you Clark's commentary on Exodus 20 verses 4 through 6, the second commandment, against making and worshiping images uh, for the sake of not repeating other mighty ones names I, I will uh, cut their names down so that I'm not saying them uh, I want to refer to them so it makes sense but at the same time I need to keep the commandments to let no no name of any mighty one to come out of my mouth Verse 4, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, as the word passel signifies to hew, carve, grave. Passel may here signify any kind of image, either of wood, stone, or metal, on which the axe, the chisel, or the graving tool has been employed. This commandment includes, in its prohibitions, every species of idolatry known to have been practiced among the Egyptians. The reader will see this the more plainly by consulting the notes on the ten plagues, particularly those on chapter 12. Or any likeness. To know the full spirit and extent of this commandment, this place must be collated with Deuteronomy 4.15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, lest ye corrupt yourselves, and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. All who have been, or excuse me, all who have even the slightest acquaintance with the ancient history of Egypt know that Osiris and his wife Isis were supreme divinities among the people. The likeness of any beast, behemoth, such as the ox and the, and the heifer, 
Among the Egyptians, the ox was not only sacred but adored, because they supposed that in one of these animals Osiris took up his residence, hence they always had a living ox, which they supposed to be the habit, habitation of this deity, and they imagined that on the death of one he entered into the body of another, so on, and so on successively. This famous ox god they called A-S and M-S. Again, I'm taking off the names. The likeness of any winged fowl, the ibis or stork or crane and hawk may be here intended for all these were objects of Egyptian idolatry. The likeness of anything that creepeth, the crocodile, serpents, the scarabaeus or beetle were all objects of their adoration and Mr. Byron has rendered it very probable that even the frog itself was a sacred animal as from its inflation it was emblematic of the prophetic influence for they supposed that the god inflated or distended excuse me distended the body of the person by whom he gave oracular answers the likeness of any fish all fish were esteemed sacred animals among the Egyptians. One called O-N-S, taking off the name, had, according to Strabo, li Library 17, a temple and divine honors paid to it. Another fish, called P-S, was worshipped at Syene, according to Clemens Alexandrinus in his Cohortatio, and the L-S and Eel were objects of their adoration, as we find from Herodotus, Library 2, Caption 72, or Chapter 72. In short, oxen, heifers, sheep, goats, lions, dogs, monkeys, and cats, the ibis, the crane, and the hawk, the crocodile, serpents, frogs, flies, and the scarabaeus, or beetle, the Nile and its fish, the sun, moon, planets, and stars, fire, light, air, darkness, and night were all objects of Egyptian idolatry, and all included in this very circumstantial prohibition as detailed in Deuteronomy and very forcibly in the general terms of the text thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth and the reason of this becomes self-evident when the various objects of Egyptian idolatry are considered. To countenance its image worship, the Roman Catholic Church has left the whole of this second commandment out of the Decalogue and thus lost one whole commandment out of the ten, but to keep up the number they have divided the tenth into two. This is totally contrary to the faith of God's elect
and to the acknowledgement of that truth which is according to godliness. The verse is found in every manuscript of the Hebrew Pentateuch that has ever yet been discovered. It is in all the ancient versions, Samaritan, Chaldee, Syriac, Septuagint, Vulgate, Coptic, and Arabic, also in the Persian and in all modern versions. There is not one word of the whole verse wanting in the many hundreds of manuscripts collected by Kennecott and de Rossi. This corruption of the Word of God by the Roman Catholic Church stamps it as a false and heretical church with the deepest brand of ever-during infamy. This commandment also prohibits every species of external idolatry as the first does all idolatry that may be called internal or mental. All false worship may be considered of this kind, together with all image worship and all other superstitious rites and ceremonies. See Clark on Exodus 20, verse 23. Wrapping it up, there is much to write on this subject, but it may be skipped altogether for the length by the reader and unprofitable to spend the time on it yet. I have no guilt knowing I followed the commandment to what I thought it meant, but now repent as to what I believed. It has become apparent to me now that images themselves are not idolatrous until the intent to worship appoints them arises. If you notice above in the Clark's commentary that people were worshipping living cows or heifers, not drawn or carved ones, this unhooked the images from being idolatry and rest my mind from this extreme requirement I had misappropriately applied in zealous belief. It didn't help that all my friends who tried to debate me down from the command were not walking in the other commandments themselves. Sabbath, eating clean food, staying away from Christmas, worship of Babylonian deities, and so forth, It is better that I hear the wisdom from someone who has repented and follows the commands. However, so few existed to help me who walked in the Torah of Elohim. It was Elohim himself who eased my mind from so steep of a command that I had believed with a more rational explanation. I am no longer defiling my conscience with images, and I am sure my parents and friends would like to see an image of my face after these few years and know who I am now. I may do it now without guilt and I am happy I didn't go against it when I believed it otherwise. I'm not so sure about statues or lifelike monuments and their reverence because this would be honor to a block of concrete when Elohim didn't make that person from concrete but rather a living being who was and is no longer with us. No form of concrete can represent a real person who lived, and thus I would find it idolatrous to give credit to a stone as if it ever breathed through its nostrils or heard things from its ears. While I have been persuaded that images themselves of creation are not idolatrous themselves, I still remain careful not to value an image as something to be praised or glorified. 
images at birthday parties or images at funerals, I think it okay to view, but to pray or honor it as if that could represent the true person of creation is bordering into idolatry, I'm afraid. To all you who I gave a shock to that your licenses and passports were wrong to have and idolatrous, I deeply regret my error now, though I don't regret giving you a challenge to consider in the lawless state of the Christian church. I now must repent on those teachings that no longer hold water to back up. I do hope you may forgive me in this. I'm not ashamed to be wrong in my zealousness because being right is all we can do for the moment, while the moments keep changing. If you did follow my advice on the licenses and passports to destroy them, then I pray the Master will help me help you undo any damages I may have caused you in my error. Now that I had previously eliminated my passport, licenses, money, photos, movies, videos, and everything related to images, I'm now in a state of rebuilding and letting Elohim do so from his foundation. I will once again attempt to get those things back and not remain in further willful violation to governing authorities as it seems unfit at this point without proper commandment opposing as did it formerly. As for keeping Sabbath on the correct days and remaining married to whom is the lawful husband, as well as the other commands, I relent not on those which are well documented, but we ought to be keeping his commandments if we wish to enter into life. Matthew 19.17 It is better to, sur- to surpass a commandment knowing we're doing it rather than to cut it short and fall at judgment. I would rather be tamed in the commandments to correctness than lazily cutting them short in failure. Messiah said, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14:15. Thank you for reading through this. May Yahuwah, our Master, be with you. Sincerely, J.J.D. Peterson The importance of the cross. The importance of the cross? Do we know why Messiah went to the tree? Because if we break the Father's Torah even one time, we need redemption. What is the Torah? It's the laws of Elohim for us found in the first five books of the Old Testament. 
If we truly value the Messiah for becoming the Lamb of Elohim, we would stop putting him on the tree and seek to obey the Father instead. If we were in debt to Elohim and appreciate his sacrifice, shouldn't we appreciate forgiveness and stop piling up more sin on the innocent son? Has the tree of Messiah become the sinner's credit card? Let it not be. Romans 6, 1-2 What, then, shall we say? Shall we continue in sin to let favor, or the tree, increase? Let it not be. How shall we who die to sin still live in it? I believe if we actually knew that our sin put Messiah on the tree, we would stop sinning. Whoever keeps on sinning doesn't know or love him. Proverbs 8.35-36 For whoever finds me shall find life and obtain favor from Yahuwah. 36. But he who sins against me injures himself. All who hate me love death. John 14.15 If you love me, you shall guard my commands. Interesting quotes. Don't confess your sins to a man in a box. He cannot forgive you. Only God can forgive sins. Not man. Read your Bible. By Christ Jesus, the only way. Why many Christians support LGBT and attend their marriage while it's against God's law? By Sam Marimo. Now to find out who's behind all the sin in my life, says Fred Jones of the Scooby-Doo Mystery Team as he goes to pull the towel from the villain. Ah, it's me! By Kurt Penny. Help me understand this better. Our master and creator was angered at Israel's disregard for his law. So his solution was to send his son to get rid of the same law by Kurt Penny.
It's all about the covenant. The entire point of the Bible is one thing. That is how to come into covenant with our Creator and become Israel. There are two groups at the end, the saved and the not saved, or Israel and the Gentiles, or the righteous and the wicked, or the bride of Yahuwah and everyone else. There are twelve gates on the heavenly kingdom of Yahuwah, and on those gates are twelve names. Those names are the twelve tribes of Israel. The gates don't say Christian, Buddhist, Judaism, or whatever other religions there happen to be. That's because our Creator did not create religions. Mankind created them. By Kurt Penny. Think about the countless hours spent by each sinner trying to abolish the accusations against them, the law, John 5.45-47, rather than to free up their time in obedience, by J.J.D. Peterson. Question, what shall I do to gain eternal life? Answer, what is written in the Torah? Do this and live by Thora Dorsetti Yisrael. How can people say I love the Bible and I read the Bible every day, but when you read the Bible to them on Facebook, Messenger, email, or whatever, they despise you for it. Wouldn't a person who loves the Bible also love seeing someone write it too? By J.J.D. Peterson. Paul warned about lawless teachers. Peter warned about lawless teachers. John warned about lawless teachers. Yeshua warned about lawless teachers. The church teaches that the law no longer applies. So, who were Yeshua and the apostles warning us about? By Kurt Penny. Teaching people that commandments aren't to be kept, isn't that what Satan did with Adam and Kawa Eve in the Garden of Eden? Genesis 2 and 3 by J.J.D. Peterson. Pay very close attention to what your narcissist barks at you about, specifically what they accuse you of. It's usually the closest thing to a confession you'll get. Author unknown. That's all we have for quotes today.
I can quit any time. Oh really? If you can quit beer and cigarettes anytime, what makes you think you can quit sinning anytime? Well, uh, why should I take your word about eternal life when it appears to me that you're willing to shorten yours? It's actually describing an image of a pastor preaching the word of Elohim from the Bible, but holding a cigarette in the other. Are we sending mixed messages to the kids? Actions speak louder than words, right? This message is not about smoking or drinking specifically, because a glass of wine or a cigar here and there are not bad in themselves, but only when we overdo these things should remember that our body is the temple of Yahuwah. On the other hand, do we want our kids to learn these ways and struggle with addictions at young ages? As a previous drunk, and every moment is a good moment to roll a cigarette, I realized I couldn't serve Elohim and myself anymore. Though I could reduce my usage, it may cause others to relapse on their former heavier habits. I would be sending mixed messages to the audience and cause some to stumble. Shaul or Paul said in the Bible that it's not good to cause others to stumble even if we are at liberty ourselves in whatever matter. We may know that drinking a cup of wine or having a cigarette may be okay for us, but if it causes others to stumble, should our liberty be turned to evil on their account? Romans 14, 14 to 23 I know and am persuaded in the Master Yahusha that none at all is common of itself. But to him who regards whatever to be common, to him it is common. 15. And if your brother is grieved because of your food, in case it was sacrificed to an idol, you are no longer walking in love. Do not, do not by your food ruin the one for whom Messiah died. 16. Do not then allow your good to be spoken of as evil. 17. For the reign of Elohim is not eating, is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the set-apart spirit, which are the commandments. 18. For he who is serving Messiah in these matters is well-pleasing to Elohim and approved by men. 19. So, then, let us pursue the matters of peace and the matters for building up one another. 20. Do not destroy the work of Elohim for the sake of food. All indeed are clean, but evil to that man who eats so as to cause stumbling. 21. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine, nor to do whatever by which your brother stumbles one who has fresh escaped 
foods being sacrificed to idols. 22. Do you have belief? Have it to yourself before Elohim. Blessed is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. 23. But he who doubts, if he eats, is condemned because it is not of belief. And all that is not of belief is sin. When I was formerly believing that all image replications of creation were idolatrous in my mind, it was sin to both see and have those images in my life. There were two people in my life who submitted to my conviction, though they themselves did not have those convictions. My wife gave up her brand new passport for my cause, images, movies, and even a student driving permit. I also had a brother change his Facebook profile picture to a Bible, which eased my conscience. How many others did that for me, who was convicted of idolatry for my sake? I have been rescued from that error since and relieved of that burden since then. But I can now appreciate that my brethren would suffer with me for my sake not to be stumbled. This experience has put great amount of light on what Shaul was teaching in Romans 14. May we not stumble one another with our own freedom. The law of Elohim, the Torah, is still binding to all man as long as we live. Romans 7.1 Many have missed the point of Romans 14 to justify undoing the law of unclean animals. This is not the subject in Romans 14, but rather taking what is permissible for us and causing another to stumble. If we truly care about people making it into the kingdom, may we evaluate everything in our lives to see if we are living testimonies for them to see. May Yahuwah be with us. No true Christian can deny the virgin birth, says Albert Muller, a theologian, ordained minister, and president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. As a former listener of Albert Muller's daily podcast, The Fork of Orthodox Christianity versus Deep Study of the Truth now separates my beliefs from that of Muller's. If the virgin birth were true, the Messiah wouldn't be of the line or house of Dawid according to the proper male genealogies defined in Numbers 1, 1 through 18. Joseph, or Joseph had to be the father of Messiah for the prophecies of Elohim to work out. Isaiah 9, 6-7, Jeremiah 33, 15-18, and 2 Samuel 7, 12-17. 
As long as Christians teach a virgin birth, then there is no path for the Jews to receive their Messiah. For the Jews are much more attentive to biblical prophecy than Christians, and they will not believe with the added inventions of men which separate them from prophecy. If Mr. Moeller sets the standard for what a Christian is, then by his own definition, I am officially not a Christian. And neither was Yaakob, the author of James, the brother of Messiah, who led the Ebionite Jewish sect and who incidentally did not subscribe to the virgin birth doctrine either. See Arianism and the Ebionite pages on Wikipedia. However, we believe in the Messiah of Elohim, as he promised in Deuteronomy 18, 15-19, without the virgin birth, and none of the promises of Elohim are voided by it, but reveal him a son through obedience rather than deity. Well, that's all we have for our fifth podcast. I want to remind our listeners that it is so important to research, study history, and understand the Bible. Don't just believe something because your parents taught you, but believe something because it makes sense. Confirm what you know are not fairy tales, but true and verifiable truths you may trust. May Yahuwah the Father be with us and help us to know Him more. If you have any questions, we would be happy to answer you. You can reach us by email at keep.the.torah at gmail.com or on the web at keepthetorah.blogspot.com. Thanks. May Yahuwah be with you.